Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. I'm Sebastian Zupanek from Armadura Metal Roof, and today we're fixing a problem for a homeowner. Pardon me, I'm Bill Crooked from Crooked Roofing. You again? Listen, Seabass, I'll help you with your complaint. Get them all the time. I'm handling it fine, thanks. Just blame it on the installer. Bunch of knuckleheads. Not your fault, not your problem. But we're the installer. It is our problem. In that case, blame the manufacturer. Throw them under the bus. Not your fault, not your problem. We're the manufacturer, too. Well, that's just... Who are you going to blame? No one. We're going to fix it. Don't understand the blame game, do you? I understand it perfectly. I just don't play. Bad idea, Seabass. Don't call me Seabass. Gotta blame someone. Not if you're perfect nearly all the time and fix your mistake if you make one. Admitting mistakes? It's called integrity. But this is the roofing business. And it's different now. Better get used to it. Armadura.ca Stephen, you wanted to tell the story of Pat Weaver today. Tell me about Pat Weaver. Now we're going to take a little departure because Pat Weaver's not a business and Pat Weaver was not an entrepreneur. But the interesting thing is sometimes people come along, even inside corporate environments where they change entire industries and build new business models. And there's something to be learned about those, those insights. So Pat Weaver worked at one of the big advertising agencies. He worked at YN. YNR, uh, Young and Rubicon. And in 1949, he headed over to NBC. So you got to remember in 1949, that was the very, very, very early days of television. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like really early days of television. And how television used to operate back in those days was they actually used the model that radio ran on, which is even the model that radio doesn't even use anymore. But, mm-hmm. but they looked at themselves and said, well, our broadcast media, so we're like radio. So we're going to operate like radio. And, and how that happened was the advertising agencies would actually create a show. So the agencies created, created a show went out and found a sponsor for the show. So you create the show and then you would go out to Ivory Soap and you go, there's mm-hmm. a great show for Ivory Soap and Ivory Soap say, great, we're going to sponsor it. Then you would go to the television station or the radio station and go, here's money to broadcast the show. Here's when we want the show broadcast. So the television station was great. We just make money for broadcasting this and, th- and this is how the, how the whole thing worked. It became a hot mess in a lot of ways because the most popular shows weren't airing in prime time. <laughs> what aired in prime time is who had the biggest bag of cash. Right. Right. Biggest bag of cash ends up going on. And then the other problem with it is only big advertisers could afford to do this. All the little guys were all shut out of radio. were all shut out of television because you had to be able to sponsor the creation of a show. And they're, they're blocking out entire blocks of time. Blocking out entire right. block. There's not two or three spot breaks in a half hour show. All of a sudden it's the ivory ivory soap hour or half hour and that's it. And you know, and that's the reason why I picked that one is that's why they call them soap operas. Right. These shows were created and were all sponsored by soap companies. So that's that's 
why they're referred to as, as, as soap operas. But the thing that's crazy about it is you think about it, no VCR, like there's no recording, no PVRs, no VCRs, none of that stuff. And the most popular show might be being shown at one o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> because the sponsor for that show doesn't have a lot of bucks. So what did Pat Weaver do? So what Pat Weaver did is something we often talk about doing is looking to other industries for what they've done. And what he looked at is he looked at the magazine industry. Okay. When a magazine gets printed, it's not sponsored by a single advertiser. There's pages through the magazine that each advertiser gets. And magazines had a much broader advertising base because they're also able to appeal to smaller businesses. They could do local publications with local advertisers. So he looked at the magazine business and he went, huh, I think television should be run more like a magazine. So what they started to do and think about it, high risk play. Because up until this point, there was no risk, no content risk to the television company. Advertising agency created the content, found the sponsor. So all of a sudden what they said, no, we're going to start creating content. Gotcha. So what they started to do was what magazines do, create content, create the content and then sell. You could break it into little 30 second slots, right? Yeah. And make the price lower and broaden who his customer base was. And all of a sudden that was how he started to run television. And it was so powerful that guess what? That's now radio suddenly looked over at television and went, gee, we got to do it the way television does it. And it's how all television was being done up until, you know, Netflix and all this other stuff coming along. But for years, for 50 years, that was the model. Create content, sell little advertising mm -hmm. to different advertisers. And guess what? Pat Weaver is in, the, is in the Television Hall of Fame for changing the model of that business. And he did it by looking somewhere else. He did it by looking at magazines. We, we call it uh, business topology mapping, problem topology mapping, right? The, the, what, who solved this problem before and, and it, what are the common characteristics, the, the shape of the problem, if you will? Yeah. It's, it's funny that nobody before him figured that out by looking at magazines. Advertising was a part of radio and television from the start, mm -hmm. but they, they just didn't, uh, didn't figure that out. And it may be, it may be a factor too, you know, of, of breaking it into the smaller pieces in the early, early days, they didn't have a way to record commercials or shows for that matter. Right. Right. You, you could, uh, cinescope, right. I think was the, the term, like you could show film on TV by pointing a camera at a film projector sort of a thing, but, uh, they're really like videotape didn't exist. Yeah, and so was... all those, all those commercials were, you know, the ivory soap and the Westinghouse and the appliances, they were all done live by the actors on the show. I know it's incredible when you when you think about that, but there was probably a bunch of technological reasons. There was business reasons. Look, it's an easier business when you're not running the risk on the content, mm -hmm. content with the hope of selling the advertising space. But but what he recognized was. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. 
We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a presumed questionnaire. You fill it out candidly and boom, Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. There is business reasons. Look, it's an easier business when you're not running the risk on the content but the hope of selling the advertising space. But, but what he recognized was the power dynamic. The television station was constantly at the whim of the advertising agencies. And what he figured out was, if I can create a show that attracts lots of eyeballs, I can sell the advertising. And that giggle has been repeated over and over again. Mm -hmm. Google figured out, if we can create a search engine that attracts a lot of eyeballs, I can charge for advertising. Yeah. I, but who now is in the driver's seat is the person who's attracting attracting the eyeballs, which has yeah. then allowed NBC to start charging premium prices and all these other things because they were in the driver's seat controlling the eyeballs. The smart local television stations took it a step further because most of their programming then was coming from networks who were using this model. And that's why a lot of TV stations, uh, if, if they're smart, right, they're doing four or five local newscasts a day because they don't have to give up that network inventory to the network, which is selling these these in-show ads. And the, the stations don't necessarily get a, a great deal of that. So uh, if, if you produce a local newscast, it might be expensive to produce, but you get to keep all the money. From all the ads. Yeah. So what's the lesson here for a small business owner that's trying to build an empire? The lesson here is that the person who who attracts the customer is the person who has the power. So we think about what Pat Weaver recognized when he stepped in was the advertising agencies had the power because they controlled the content. He then said, I'm going to take control of the content because the content is what attracts the customer. That gives me the power. Mm. Today, if you are in the hotel industry and you're relying on Expedia, or if you're renting a home and you're relying on Airbnb, or your home services business and you're relying on Homestars. Or Angie's List, or all the aggregators. Or all the aggregators. Who's got the power? They have the power. They can cut you off. They can increase price. They can do all of those things. Abdicating, being the one that attract, that is doing the attraction of people puts you in, in a weak position in terms of being able to control your destiny. All right. Well, that's a great lesson. Um, and, and I think... Uh, hey, and, and, and for there who recognize the name Weaver, you probably recognize the name Weaver. So he had a pretty smart daughter as well. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is... Uh, uh, Pat Weaver is Sigourney Weaver's dad. So when oh, I... Oh, cool. 
I thought that that was kind of that was kind of fun because I remember reading the name Weaver and going Weaver Weaver television Why, where's that step out for me oh there's where it is <laughs> very cool very cool indeed um and, and and of course if if you own a brand like that that's trying to get away from those aggregators trying to get away from the people that are controlling the access to you hook hook us up connect connect with us and uh, let's talk about that and talk about some of the ways that that you can get out of that kind of rat race absolutely. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com. Empire Building Program.